Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me tonight to Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah, Father. Bless this thing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Uh, and we want to continue with this that we've been on on Sunday nights. Assigning the power of God. This is the third part of this. And uh, the Lord began to show me some things. And uh, the power of God has to have a channel to flow through. It, 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 uh, it has to have a direction. Uh, power that's not contained, power that's not properly uh, channeled is dangerous. In, in this room, there's any number of circuits, there's any number of, of uh, wires that are carrying power. But yet you feel perfectly safe because the power's contained. It's channeled a certain direction. Amen. Because that power is channeled, you come in here and turn the lights on, and the lights come on. Because it's channeled to those lights. In other words, the power has an assignment. Lights on. The power has an assignment. Do you see this? And so, where power is, help is available. Where the power of God is, help is available. And uh, we have to bring the power into manifestation. When, 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 when we, and we'll get into this tonight, but during praise and worship, when you begin to dance, you begin to run, you begin to shout, what are you doing? Cooperating with the power. Amen. It's, it's not just, right? It's when, for instance, when, when the church is shouting, when the church is rejoicing, that's not the time for you to enter into your meditation zone and not join in. Because the proper response is to enter in, to respond to the power. Are, are you following me? Acts chapter 1, I think I said to 1 is where you should go, where we'll go. Hmm. Hallelujah. Acts 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, with the disciples, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, under the uttermost part of the earth. Notice, people will say, you'll say, what was the promise? And they'll say, tongues. No, it wasn't. The promise was power. Tongues are the initial evidence of that power. But the promise was power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, here's the thing. People will say, well, that power is this power to witness to somebody one-on-one. -on -one. No, it's not. No, it's not. When that power comes on you, that's something that you will do. But he says witnesses, he didn't say about me, unto me. Why is that important? The power is a witness that Jesus is alive. Amen. Going and telling somebody Jesus is alive does not prove to them Jesus is alive. But when you lay hands on them and the power changes something, that's proof Jesus is alive. Amen. Dr. Till Osborne and his wife Daisy in, in the, uh, the early 40s, they went to India as missionaries, and were miserable failures. 
They, they went over there and, and they didn't, they, they, they struggled. They, they didn't get one convert. They broke their bodies down. They got sick in their body. Because they would go there, and you know, when you go to India with the Hindus and all this, I have a good friend, come on, Madala, and, and uh, uh, he and I were prayer partners. We, we pray each week. And his mother and father, pastor in India, that's where he was born and raised, came over here to Bible school, and now he's in, uh, of all places, Paducah, Kentucky. And, uh, but anyway, hallelujah. The, the point that I'm making is there's, there's so many gods there. They, they have hundreds of thousands of gods. And, and when Dr. T.L. and Daisy Osborne, when they would say, Jesus is alive, they would say, prove it. And they would say, well, well, here's the word. Here's the word of God. And they would pull out their book. Well, here's our book. And what they were in essence saying was this. You're saying your God has the power, but your God shows no more power than our God, so why should we believe you? You see that? And so they came back to the States. Failures. Felt like they were miserable failures. They, they went to a tent meeting where a woman evangelist was ministering. And I just use that because she was a woman evangelist. And she was talking about the power of God and the miracles of God. And this was right at the beginning of the days of the voice of healing. The, the healing movement that hit. And they went home that night. And Dr. Osborne said he woke up in the middle of the night and Jesus was in his room. And Jesus began to explain to him the way to reach people is with the word, yes, but the word with signs following. Do you see this? Because now think about this. The disciples up to this point had been assigned a part of that power. They went out under the admonition of Jesus, right? They operated in a measure of the authority that Jesus possessed. They couldn't operate in the full extent of it. They weren't saved. They, they went out and operated in power because Jesus imparted part of his power into them. Later on, he imparted it into the 70. So Jesus wasn't the only person healing. But they had to get power from Jesus. Are you following me? But the Bible says that after Jesus rose from the dead, that they, the disciples, went everywhere preaching the word, the Lord working with them. Now notice, they're not working with him, he's working with them. Amen. And did what? Producing signs, wonders, and miracles. And so the Lord impressed them that, that way. And so they went back on the mission field. They went back on the mission field. And he began to tell people, I am Jesus to you. Now, he wasn't calling himself Jesus. He was saying, in this sense, I'm Jesus to you. In other words, the same thing you saw Jesus do is what you're going to see me do. Amen. And, when, and, and, and in that first meeting back, all of a sudden, in those meetings, people started getting healed in the crowd. The power was flowing. Blind eyes would open. Cripples would walk. He would start seeing wheelchairs coming up over the people. Crutches coming up over the people. And, and, and he went from being able to contain the crowds in a small building to having to measure the crowds by acres. And at one point, he and Daisy Osborne had ministered to more people face to face than any other person in history. What changed? Power. Power. Mm. Power. And the assignment of that power. Do, do you see this? So the promise was power. In order for power to flow through an individual, they have to be where God told them to be. <sighs> Location is so important. You are where God told you to be. You are hooked up with the ministry God told you to be a part of. And because of that, there's a power that flows to you. There's a power that flows through you because you're where God told you to be. Listen, they could have been anywhere else. There could have been a group that said, well, you know, we don't need to be there. I mean, I know he said go and wait, but after all, does it really take all that? And what would they have missed out on? Power. They'd have missed out on power. Amen. Amen. 
The promise was power. So power to be witnesses does not mean just the ability to verbally witness. In, in the Greek, it literally means force, miraculous power, or ability. It's something that's exercised. It's something that's demonstrated. Hallelujah. And he said, you will receive power. And then you see all the illustrations. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And there was a lame man set there crippled from his mother's womb that never had walked. The same saw them and asked an alms of them. Peter looking at him said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I do have, such as I was in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. I was there when power showed up. So I, I may have left without my wallet, but I got some power. What I do have, I give to you. And in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. What did he do when he used the name of Jesus? Flip the switch. And what flowed? Power. Power flowed. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? Acts chapter 4. It says they were straightly threatened not to minister in that name anymore. And it says they returned to their own company and told them all the statements that the, 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 that the high priest and the Pharisees had told them. And it says when they heard that, they all lifted up their voice with one accord and said, God, you are God that made the earth and the heavens and all that in them is. Now grant your servants boldness that we will preach the word of God and stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders in the name of your holy child Jesus amen and then what does it say it says and 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 mighty works were wrought by the hands of the apostles with great power they gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that what it says with great power they gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and grace was upon them all every time they healed someone in the name of Jesus it was evidence that Jesus was alive it was a witness of the resurrection when you have a church that has no power you have a church that is no longer a witness to the resurrection of Jesus amen do, do, do you see that hallelujah we can preach on authority and talk about authority, but at some point we've got to demonstrate authority. Amen. The promise was power. So the word is referring to miraculous power flowing through an individual. The, the power is a promise made to the believer by Jesus. This is a promise Jesus made. Whew. Well, when is that power flowing through you? Whenever you'll channel it. Because every believer is wired for power. Amen. You know, if, if uh, uh, now I forget the exact term, but I'll, I'll use it this way. You know, there are speakers that are powered speakers and speakers that are non-powered. How many know powered is better? Powered is louder. Amen. The speakers we have are powered. Amen. These, these, these uh, monitors are powered. Amen. That there's an amp that you have to use for powered speakers. Because why? They need more power. We got an amp called the Holy Ghost. Because we need more power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you can flip that switch whenever you want. And what happens? You get that surge of power. When you're on your job, you can flip the switch, channel the power. When you're at home, you can flip the switch and channel the power. Hallelujah. Woo. The Amplified Bible says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. So notice, he's not talking about a verbal thing. He says you're going to receive an ability, an efficiency, a might that you didn't have before. Whew. 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, had they not been where they were supposed to be, the power would have had no landing place. The power has to have a landing place. Amen. That's a good place for you to say, Lord, I am an eligible recipient of the power. Say it out loud. Say, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been filled with the person of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit. So I'm eligible for the power. Mm. See, the, the power needs a landing place. The Lord's been dealing with me about that. The power found a landing place. Now, what if they had not went? There would have been no place for the power to land. Now, right there, religion says, well, somebody would have got it. That's not how God works. This thing is channeled. It's channeled. Amen. And and the first thing we see was Peter preaching with power on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't just the same old Peter. It was Peter with power. Amen. And the Bible says what about the people that were listening to him? They were cut to the heart and said, what do we have to do to be saved? What happened? Power. It wasn't just a convicting sermon. Amen. It wasn't just Peter got hit all the right notes. Hey, glory to God, my Lord. That wasn't what it was. It wasn't that Peter's hum was greater that day. Mm, I want to tell you, Lord. It wasn't what it was. Something was there that had not been there before. I should say this way, it's, it's more appropriate. Someone was in him that had not been in him before. And the power was there to cut those men and women to the heart. And Peter said, here's what you need to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, you shall be saved. Amen. And it says, that day they repented, and 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. Now, we talk about those numbers, 3,000 people in one service. No, 3,000 people under one sermon of power. Of power. Hallelujah. Have you ever been in those services and the power's moving so much? You gotta do something. You gotta do something. If you don't run, if you don't dance, if you don't shout, if you don't do something, you just feel like you're gonna burn up from the inside. I've got that's the power of God. And, and, and what we've got to learn to do is assign it. What we've got to learn to do is say, okay, in the name of Jesus, I assign this power to the circumstance that I'm dealing with. It doesn't mean you're not going to shout or dance or run or jump, but it means that this power has an assignment, and I'm going to assign it. Amen. You remember the story Brother Hagen told, and he was in the meeting, and he said, man, that wave of power would flow through, and that wave of anointing would flow through. And he said, I just wanted to take off running. I just wanted to take off running. He said, but I knew right here, well, no, just hold on, just hold on. And he said, it would hit again, and I just want to take off running. And he said, about the third time that power hit, he said, the back doors opened, and they rolled a paraplegic in in his wheelchair. And God said, that's why the power's here. <laughs> that's why the power's here. I I want you to be a channel. Well, you know the end result. That man got healed. That man got up out of his chair. Had been paralyzed for years. Had not walked. Got up out of his chair. Why? Somebody yielded to the power. Somebody gave the power an assignment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, When the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. And, and, and you'll remember the story. It says that Jesus went to Tyre and Sidon. And one of the four Gospels says he was in a house. And he didn't want anybody to know that he was there. But he could not be hid because a certain woman, a Syrophoenician by birth, came to him and said, Lord, help me. My little daughter lies at home, grievously tormented by a devil. And Jesus answered her not a word. So she went to the disciples 
And the disciples said, hey, Jesus, heal the daughter, get her out of here, do that thing you do. And Jesus, remember what he said? I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, now, now people will say that's kind of mean. No, it wasn't. That, that was the truth. That was the truth. Jesus was sent on a covenant mission from God to the people of Israel. The Bible says, who is the gospel to? The Jew first and then to the Greek. That's who it came to first, the Jew. Amen. The Jews were very power-conscious people. They, they, they put a lot of stock in touches, in feelings. That's why they always wanted Jesus to touch them. But notice that the two greatest examples of faith that Jesus said were the greatest examples of faith he ever saw were two people that put faith in the power without seeing any evidence of it. He said, I'm not sent, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he said, it's not right, it's not correct, it's not okay to take the, the bread that is reserved for the children and give it to the little pet dogs. And she said, Lord, that is so right. Truth, Lord, truth, Lord, that's what I am. I'm, I'm not in covenant. I know I'm a, I'm a little pet dog. But Lord, even the little pet dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said, woman, for this saying, one of the gospels says, for this saying, go your way, your daughter's healed. Here, here in Matthew, he said, great is your faith. Amen. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. What did she do? Gave the power a channel to flow through. And notice, Jesus wasn't anywhere near her house. Right now, while you're here, power's working at your house. While you're here, power's flowing. Now, just think about it in the natural. How many of y'all left some stuff plugged in at home? Anybody leave some lights on? You know, garage light, outdoor light, porch light, something, right? You got some lights on? Why is that light on? Power's flowing while you're here. The power didn't stop flowing because you left. It's flowing. Amen. She gave the, the, the power a channel to flow through. Now, the power was always there. Somebody accessed it. Amen. Look at, look at Mark chapter 5, a familiar verse, but let's go look at it. Is this all right with y'all? We talk about this woman with the issue of blood. <clears throat> and uh, verse 27 said, When she'd heard of Jesus, she came to press behind, touch his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I'll be whole. Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now notice, she felt that she was healed. Notice verse 30. Jesus felt power had gone out of him. She felt she was healed. He felt power leave. Mm. And he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, you see the crowd thronging you and you say, who touched me? <laughs> A valid question. But here's what I want you to focus on. She felt whole. He felt power leave. It's synonymous. Touch, felt whole, power left. What was the difference? Now, it's easy to say, well, just the touch of faith. Well, that's true. But here's what I want you to see. So that means power can be flowing in that kind of environment with people that have need for the power, and yet they don't experience the benefit of the power. There's power here tonight to heal you and deliver you of whatever you need to be healed or delivered of. And if you go home without your healing or your deliverance, it's not because the power wasn't there.
Well, I just believe when the Lord gets ready. You need another dip. Because he's been ready for 2,000 years. When, when he left this earth, he left this earth wired with power. <laughs> so, so what happened? This woman, this woman said it, and then she acted on it. She flipped the switch of faith. And what happened? Power flowed. I say power flowed. Now here's the question. When did the power show up? When she touched him? Nope. It was already there. It was already, it was already there. It was already available. Jesus was the power of God in the earth. If you wanted power, you had to get to Jesus. Amen. Remember, there's another time in the Bible. It says, it says uh, that, they th- that they came to him in multitudes because they knew that, that power went out of him and they knew that whoever touched his clothes would be healed. And it says in that multitude, as many as touched him were healed. And one instance it says, and power went out of him and healed them all. So now look, in one instance you've got a multitude, a riot, a throng of people thronging Jesus and one person gets healed, one person accesses the power and then in another instance you've got multitudes and the whole multitude accesses the power and everybody gets healed. What does that tell you? Everybody here tonight can go home with what you need. Everybody can be delivered. Everybody can assign the power of God. Everybody. Me, you, everybody. Pookie and Ray Ray and all of them. Chiquita. Ramon. Billy Bob. Pookie. Mm. Oh, Robert said miracles are coming to people or passing people by every day. He said, every day, the power of God is coming to you or passing you by. (laughs) Think about it. So if it's coming towards me, I can have it. I can receive it. I can take it. It's, 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 It's like the woman that would watch Dr. Roberts every day. And at the end of his program every day, he would say, you know, if you're not here, reach your hands out and touch the TV. As a point of contact. Well, there was no power in the TV. There's power in the faith to believe what the man of God was saying. And, and, the, and the woman that was, that, was, that was crippled, that was in her, her, her uh, uh, kitchen, and she heard him say that, and oh, she was struggling to get in the kitchen, and struggling so hard, she fell. And when she fell, she heard him praying, and she said, God, I can't get to the TV. Let this refrigerator be my point of contact. And she laid hands on that refrigerator and got healed. God healed her. Glory. That there was no power in the refrigerator. The power was in her faith. Lord, I can't get there. Let me touch this refrigerator and I'll get healed. Flip the switch and the power flowed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Miracles don't just occur. They they don't just happen. I, I have to prepare myself. I have to be in the right position for power to flow through me. Amen. Do you see that? The, the, the Lord said something to Brother Hagin. I, I want to share it with you. Uh, in, in the book he wrote, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And uh, he said something about when he was on his sickbed. And he talked about, he told the Lord, I believe I receive healing from the deformed heart. I believe I receive healing for the paralysis. I believe I receive healing for the incurable blood disease. He said, those are the three things that the doctors had told me. And he said, in case I missed something, I said, I believe I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And he said he was acting on those scriptures in faith. 
And he said, I plugged into the power hose of heaven. And I felt a warm glow strike me on the top of my head. It oozed over my head, down my shoulders, down my arms. He, and, and the long story short, he said, I begin to receive feeling in the upper part of my body. And he said, before I know it, the paralysis disappeared. I found myself standing in the middle of the room, my hands uplifted, praising God. But here's the question. Here's what, what got me. He said, do you think God sent that healing power from heaven that day? Just that day? He said, the power was in that room every day of those 16 months I was bedfast. It was there every day. He said, why didn't it do something? Because I hadn't turned the switch of faith on. Mm. So the power is there every day. It's available every day. Amen. Hallelujah. He, uh, he said something else. He said, uh, it's like plugging into an electrical outlet. If we can learn how to plug into this supernatural power, we can put it to work for us and we can be healed. If every sick person in every sick room in the world just knew about this power and how to tap into it, that it would heal them of every disease. Hmm. Hallelujah. But, but, but I got to recognize it's there. You know, we teach things in faith principles that there's nothing God has to do, that the price has been paid. That means the power is available. So my question is, why put up with one more night of torment? Why put up with one more week of sickness? Why put up with another day of addiction? When the power is there to free you. Or whatever it may be. Hallelujah. Why put up with one more day of marital issues when you can assign the power to that and start seeing it change? Oh, glory to God. Do you see this? Mm. So the switch of faith has to be flipped so the power will flow. And I bring the power into manifestation. I have to prepare myself. Amen. A believer doesn't flow in power just because they're a believer. It can flow because they're a believer. Because every believer is wired with power. Tell your neighbor, say, ah, you're wired with power. But it doesn't flow just because they're a believer. And, and this understanding is part of being skillful with the power. i got to be skillful with the power of God. Amen. I have to allow the power to flow. I have to be a prepared vessel. If, if you, you remember the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21, Timothy, or Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, In a great house there are vessels, different vessels, vessels of gold and silver, vessels of clay, vessels of earth. And he said, But if a man will purge himself of these things, he can be a vessel unto honor, meet for the master's use. Isn't that what it says? And prepared unto every good work. Amen. Prepared unto every good work. So what does that mean? The Amplified Bible says, a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes. Consecrated, profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. So the power doesn't flow in a life that's unprepared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not fit and ready for any good work. A life that's unprepared. This is not just for the minister. The believer in a service has to learn to respond correctly to the power. I, I can become skilled in responding. Hallelujah. Right? Amen. You know, over the years, what, 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 what have we taught you? And, 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 and you'll remember this. That, you know, there, there's, there's a place for doing things. But, but when, when we praise the Lord, according to Scripture, we lift our hands and open our mouth. Isn't that right? What is that? That's responding correctly. 
It's, it's, not, it's not a pride thing. Oh, we, we know that we're supposed to do this. No, it's I want to respond correctly. Amen. When, when you're in church, the proper response is say amen. Say hallelujah. Say praise God. Respond. Why? Because every time something is said that, that, that not that I agree with, but that's from the word. Amen. So be it unto me. I'm opening up a channel for the word of God. When somebody gets blessed and they give a testimony, what do we say? That happens to me all the time. What are you doing? You're opening up a channel for the power to flow through. Mm. Glory to God. You, you can't just say or believe anything and get the power flowing. The, the woman acted, but the woman said something. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. You, you can't talk the problem and expect the power. You can't declare your insufficiency and expect the power. You can't talk how broke you are and expect the power. You can't talk how sick you are and expect the power. You can't talk how whatever you are, how bad things are, how your kids are all going to hell in the handbasket and expect the power. Amen. But you're op- what are you doing? You're always keeping a channel open. Right? What do we say? I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe the word. Right? Well, what's that do? That keeps the channel open. That keeps the power flowing. Oh, hallelujah. I can become skilled in responding to the power. And receive when the power is in manifestation. Amen. Do you see that? When the man or woman of God says, hey, let's lift our hands up and praise the Lord. Don't wait. Don't just get them up. Why? I'm responding to the power. I'm responding correctly. Amen. What would be an improper response? To sit and do nothing. Amen. One time Brother Hagin was ministering. And uh, now I, I relate all these stories to you because it's not, you know, uh, <laughs> It's not preaching something for gospel. It's that something, things that were said and revelations that were given in past generations, if we don't talk about them and preach about them, we'll lose them. We'll lose them. And and he talked about being in, in that church, had three sections of chairs, one over here, one over here, one here, one here, just like this. And he said uh, there were people in there that, that needed healing. Brother Hagin was a healing evangelist. In those days. And uh, uh, the Lord told him, tell everybody that will come down here tonight that if they will believe me and, and obey, I'll heal them. Well, here's what God asked him to do. He said, everyone in this line, if you'll take off running, after I pray for you, and you take off running up this aisle, down around that section, down this aisle, and down around the front, God will heal you. Wow. And, and there was a guy in there that had, that had been in a, in, a, in a plant fire and he'd been burnt so bad all the, all the tendons and sinews in his body had shrunk and, and he could barely walk. And he said, I said that. And he said, that little guy came scooting down the aisle just as fast as he could and got out. He said, others, they had, to, they had to literally bring them down. And he said, but there was one woman that she just walked down on her own, didn't look sick at all, but she came, got in the healing line. And he said, I prayed for all of them and said, now, take off and run. The Lord will heal you. And he said, boy, that guy couldn't even couldn't walk, just could scoot. He said, boy, you never saw a fellow scoot so fast. He said, he took off up that, just, just scooting. And he said, he scooted up that aisle and scooted around, scooted down this aisle. And by the time he scooted around about the middle, he was healed. Others, and he went to that lady that looked like nothing was wrong with her and prayed for her and said, now, dear sister, take off. And she took a few steps and looked and said, I can't, I can't. The power was there. She had just saw other people healed. Amen. I have to respond to the power. If the power says run, run. Yeah, but I don't run. Okay, then go home with nothing. 
It's just that simple. Hallelujah. Remember Naaman? Y'all remember him? And the little, the little servant girl said, Would to God my, servant, my, my master was in Israel. There's a man of God there that would recover him of his leprosy. Remember? And they told Naaman. Naaman told the, the king of Syria. The king of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel and said, I'm sending my servant Naaman, Naaman that you would recover him of his leprosy. And here's some money. And you remember what the king said? Look how he's picking a fight with me. And he ripped his clothes. Now, the Bible doesn't say that anybody told Elisha that he ripped his clothes. But Elisha knew. And, and he sent and he said, why you ripped your clothes? Well, this, that. He said, oh, don't worry about him. Send him to me. So he sent Naaman to Elisha. Right? And Naaman got there. They knocked on the door. And Elisha sent Gehazi. Tell him, go dip seven times in the river, Jordan, and he'll come forth clean. Right? Now, now watch. Hang on. Watch. What's his part now? Respond. Go dip. Right? What'd he say? <laughs> aren't Abana and far, far in the rivers of Damascus, aren't they better than this river Jordan? And he took out. One of his servants, though, you remember what he said? He said, Master, if he'd asked you to do some big thing, you'd have done it. And next thing you see, he's at the river Jordan. Now, now hear me when I say this. There was no power in Jordan. There was no power in Jordan. The power was in his obedience. His power was in getting in the channel. Right? And he dipped seven times, and what happened? He came forth clean. Why? Because he responded correctly. Uh, 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 one of the wives of the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and said, My servant, my, my husband, your servant is dead. And he's left us in debt. And they're coming to take my two sons to be bondmen. What do you have in the house? I don't have anything but a little bit of oil. Go borrow vessels. Don't borrow just a few. And she went and borrowed all the vessels that they were. He said, now go close yourself up in the house with you and your son and fill all those vessels. And it says she poured the oil and she told her son, bring me another vessel. He said, there are no more vessels. And the oil stayed. And Elisha said, now take this oil, go and sell it and pay your debt. And it says she took oil and went and paid the debt and that her and her sons did live many days what was up where where did the power start flowing there's no power in those buckets in the obedience all she would have had to say to keep her sons slaves and to die herself was I don't see how that's going to work Amen. Let me ask you something. If you have a hopeless situation, what do you got to lose? Well, why don't people think if I run? Who cares? Who cares? Well, you know, I know everybody's dancing, but I don't dance. Come on, man. You, you shut down the channel. So I have to be skilled at responding Doubting, questioning will short-circuit the power. One time we had Annie Durant at the Little Rock location. She's been there a couple times. And, of course, Annie and Kevin traveled with Brother Hagen, And uh, 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 she has a, a tremendous healing ministry. And uh, when she was telling people to come up, uh, uh, she would say things like this. She would say, okay, now I want this. If you're coming out of this row, I want you to come out this side. If you're coming out of that row, I want you to come down this way and around here. And I could see people just kind of going, like, what's the, what's the deal with that? It's none of my business how God is directing for people to come to the front. You want to short-circuit your miracle, just disobey. Because, see, that's not proper response. And then, and then there would be people, she would pray for them, and she would say, line up over here, I want you to line up over here. And she'd pray for them, and she'd say, now, where are you sitting? They might say over here. She'd say, okay, go around this way and go back to your seat. There are people that got touched just by obeying. There, there are people that questioned it and didn't get anything. You can't question it. When, when Peter was on the rooftop, and, and they came to him, and the Holy Spirit said, three men seek you, 
And what did he say? Go with them, doubting nothing. Is that what he said? What was Peter in that instance? What was Peter? A channel for the power. Did he have it? He had the power, didn't he? And it needed to be what? Imparted into the Gentiles. Who had it? Peter had it. There needed to be a channel. But when those three Gentiles came and asked for him, if he'd have started questioning, he'd have short-circuited the power. But he just went with them. And what's the Bible say? That he no sooner opened his mouth and started preaching. It says, and the Holy Ghost came upon them. Well, well, what happened when the Holy Ghost came on them? They received power. Because Peter said, in, in, in Acts chapter 11, he said to the, to the, to the, to the uh, 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 group, to the apostles, they said, we heard you went and ate with the Gentiles and went and, and hung out with Gentiles. And Peter said, let me tell you all. I did. And he said, and he went and recounted the vision. And he said, while I was preaching Christ to them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Watch, this is important. Just like it did on us. So what, what does that mean? They got the same results. They got the same reaction. That's how he knew it was the Holy Ghost. And what was the result? The Gentiles got the gospel. Amen. Doubting and questioning will short-circuit that power. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. I'm almost done. You know, for power to flow, you've got to put away your religious ideas. Amen. I, I, I'm so glad I don't have those religious ideas anymore. Oh, Lord. Amen. The, preach, the preacher will be preaching and, and people will be sitting there. Oh, think about it. Think about it. Don't have a Bible open, but oh, think about it. Oh, Lord, if it be your will. Oh, God, touch if it be your will. There's no power in if it be your will. <coughs> Hallelujah. You, you got to lose that. Say it right now. Say, power is here, power is here to, set free. to set me free. 1 wow. Corinthians 2, verse uh, 4. And my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. For what reason? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The thing that was the, the, thing that was the difference between Paul's message and man's philosophy was the demonstration of the power of God. Paul ministered the word and demonstrated the power. Amen. That was the difference. And so the difference, the difference between just the ministry and what we see in the Word is the power. The Lord does what? Confirms the Word with signs following. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12 and 12. Paul said, truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Signs, signs, signs. Signs of what? Signs of an apostle. The signs of an apostle. What were they? Signs, wonders, mighty deeds. Is that right? What, that, what does that equal? Power. When, uh, when I was younger, in the early 80s, there was a vehicle that Buick put out. It was the Buick Grand National. The Buick Grand National was at one time the fastest production car ever. It was a tremendous car. But Chevrolet put out a car called the Monte Carlo, the SS. It looked a lot like the Grand National. And, and if you didn't look real close, 
The, wor the, the worst thing you could do is tell a Grand National guy that you liked his Monte Carlo. <laughs> Two different cars. So you had to look for the badge. Of course, the Monte Carlo had the SS on the back. The Grand National had the, the Buick Grand National with the race flag and, 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 and you know, the, the leaders of the engine and all these things. Here's the, you know what the difference was between the two cars? Power. That Grand National was smoked that Monte Carlo every time. It just didn't have the power. The good car just didn't have the power. The difference was power. And what did you have to look? You wouldn't know the power was there if you didn't pay attention to the signs. Amen. There's a flow of power for every ministry office. I'm, I'm going to start wrapping this up. It has been said over and over and over again. Brother Hagin said it. The, the, the Lord told Brother Hagin. Uh, uh, about the last days, the, the, the move of God. And the Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, it will be everything that's ever happened and more. Amen. The, the Lord told Dr. Dufresne before he went to heaven, he said that in these last days, you'll see every ministry office operating in full potential power. Every ministry office. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. In full potential power. And the Lord said something specifically about the pastor's office to him. He said, you have never seen the office of the pastor operating in full potential power. He said, but you will see it in the last days. Well, do you believe we're in the last days? Then there is a power, a flow of power for every ministry office. Amen. I, I've been going to the Lord and telling him, now Lord... One of, the, one, of, one of the abilities that you've given the pastor is this power to draw people. Did you look around this morning and see all the newcomers? People we didn't know? That's just the beginning. And people will say, well, you know, but it's not about a man. No, it's not about a man. It's about the anointing on the man, the anointing on the woman, the power that's in that office. There's a power in the pastor's office to draw people, to shepherd people, to keep people, to minister to people, to feed people, to feel safe. You're sitting here tonight and you feel perfectly safe. Why? Because there's a power to make you feel safe. Amen. How, why? We're a family. I'm the head of the family. The head of the family has the ability to keep the family safe. To keep the family feeling secure. In your house, in, in Jeremy's house, the lights can go out. The thunder can crash. But all the kids can come get in his bed. And it's all okay because dad's here. He has that power. Nobody else can do that. They will jump over you. They will knock you down to get to dad. Amen. When Lily wants her daddy, just go ahead and get in the way. You'll pay. <laughs> if she's running to her daddy and you say, Lily, she'll go, shh, and just keep going. <laughs> like I tell her something, don't you shush me. Think about that. Amen. Aubrey will clap at you. Look, all of them clap. They all know how to do it. What are y'all teaching them back there? Authority. Authority. Oh, touche. Hallelujah. But think about that. Think about that. The evangelist's office in full potential power. And we know what his, what his signs are. Signs, wonders, miracles. The prophet's office in full potential power. But now listen, you don't operate in that just because you're called. You operate in that because you come a, become a channel for it to flow through. And that's what we've been talking about. That's what we've been preparing for on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night on the mature believer is, is becoming the mature people that God has called us to be. Walking in love, putting pride down, serving one another, right? That's what we've been talking about. By love, serve one another. 
amen, prefer the other person. Why? That's when the gifts can start flowing. That's when the power of God can start manifesting. It's because I want God to use me to bless you. You want God to use you to bless your, bro your brother, your sister. You want to be a channel for the power, not so people can say how much power you have, but how much power God has and how much you love them to channel it and get their need met. <sighs> Too many days without power will wreck your life. And, and, and the local church is becoming more and more a gathering place for power. If, if, if you weren't here Wednesday night, you should go online, watch Wednesday night's message, get the podcast, whatever you got to do. Because we talked about the importance of the local church. And I know I've taught about that a lot over the years, but I believe the Lord's given us some new insight on it. But, but the point is, this is where, not just here, but every time you come here, the power's here. Every time. Every time. If you get people that need a touch from God to church, the power will meet them. But I've, I've got to do that. Too many days... Without power, we'll wreck lives. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So I'm, 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 I'm saying, don't let a situation linger when the power's there to be free. Don't, don't let an a, a, a issue of the flesh linger when the power's there to be free. We're going to sign the power of God tonight. I believe God. You can't just say or believe anything and get the power flowing. Let me say this too. You can't just be unfaithful and expect the power to be flowing. You know, the Bible makes a statement. It says, to whom much is forgiven, much is required. Well, you can take that on down the line. To whom God has done much for, He expects much out of. Amen. Think about that. There are people under the sound of my voice, you wouldn't be married tonight if it wasn't for God. Now, God's a rewarder, but don't I owe Him something? Don't I owe him my faithfulness? I can, I can give him, three, I can give him three, three services out of the week or two or whatever I can get to. If you can't, that's a different thing. You, you understand what I mean by that? But people wonder what has happened to the power in many churches. Look at the faithfulness of the people and I'll show you why the power's not, why the power's waning. Because the power doesn't flow in an atmosphere of unfaithfulness. But when you determine to be faithful to God's word and you determine to be faithful to what God asks you to do, the power flows because you've opened up a channel for it to flow through. Well, how do I change that? If you've been unfaithful, you get on your knees and you ask God to forgive you. And you tell God, I'll not be unfaithful anymore. I'll be faithful to what you called me to do. Everybody under the sound of my voice has something to do in this local church. You don't have to go outside to some other ministry to find something to do. There's plenty to do right here. And you open up yourself to be a channel for the power of God to flow through. The Bible says that God has set some in the church. And it talks about the hand, the, the eye, the foot, all of the different things. And it says, it says the hand can't say, I'm not important because I'm not the hearing or the smelling. Here's the thing. If you don't assemble yourself with the body and you have a certain body part, what are we not going to be able to do because you won't be faithful and show up? How, what anointing will never flow through you? Because you just won't be faithful. 
There are people on the sound of my voice. God's called you to worship. God's called you to sing. God's called you to do different things. There are people God, God has called you and wants to make a teacher out of you and wants to make a minister out of you. And Brother Hagin used to say, if it doesn't come to pass, you are either not called or you're hopelessly unfaithful. The first thing that had to happen to Philip Steele was I had to learn how to be faithful to what God called me to do. And then the power of everything changed. My finances changed when I became faithful. Amen. Well, Pastor, that's kind of rough. I know. But it's in that love burrito. It's enfolded in love. If you need a little cheese, I'll put a little more cheese on. You want some queso? I'll put some on. Whatever it takes. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not bad-mouthing anybody. I'm not putting pressure on anybody. I'm not telling you you're doing something wrong. But here's what I'm saying. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, we read it Wednesday night, it says, it, it talks about that we are to edify one another, spur one another on, encourage one another in the faith. And it says, and don't be like others who forsake the assembling of yourself together. He said, don't do that and be even more adamant about showing up as you see the day approaching why because as the day approaches you need more power you need more edifying you need more exhorting you need more building up the people around you need it more you can't just get it sitting at home watching it on live stream Paul said in Romans that there are times you have to be seen so a spiritual gift can be imparted into you that will result in your stability in your life Hallelujah. I realize there's times people have to watch. That's why we have live stream. That's why we invested the thousands upon thousands of dollars to make it available. But folks, there is nothing like being in the atmosphere where the power is flowing. My Lord. Amen. You have something to do. Everyone has something to do. Every person that I'm looking at is called by God to do something. There's a purpose. There's a plan. There's a fire that when you really think about your purpose, there's something that starts burning on the inside of you. And you become like Jeremiah where he said, I couldn't keep it to myself. I had to tell the people because his fire was in, his word was in me like a fire that could not be contained. And I had to say something. Jeremiah said, I'm not going to preach anymore in your name. I'm not going to tell the people anymore about you. They're rejecting you. They don't want anything to do with you. But he said it was like fire shut up in my bones and I had to tell the people what God wanted me to tell them. That calling, that anointing, that thing that God has placed on the inside of you. You're never going to find fulfillment. You're never going to find peace until you're functioning in it. Until you're walking it out. And now is the time. Now is the season. Today is when God wants you to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all it takes is a commitment. I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to do my part. Amen. And then what happens? Right back to what we said at the very beginning. Now I'm in the position God told me to be in. The power can flow. Well, I don't know that I'm called to preach. Well, you may not be. But the Bible doesn't say the power just flows through preachers. Amen. Uh, amen. Those seven men that were ordained deacons, none of them was a preacher before they had hands laid on them. None of them. All seven of them were just, were just table servers. <laughs> but what happened when they got in position? Power started flowing. And what's it say? It says Stephen was a man mightily used by God. And signs and wonders and miracles were wrought by his hands. A deacon. A deacon. A table server. Somebody that took the food and took it to widows got in position and the power started flowing. What would happen if you got in position as an usher? What would happen if you got in position as a greeter in your life? What could happen? I'll tell you what could happen. Power could start flowing. What, what would happen if you started singing on the praise team? If you can sing. What would happen? <laughs> if you can't sing, I'll tell you what would happen. We'll say... <laughs> 
But what would happen? What would happen if you, if you went to Brother Dave and said, Brother Dave, I want to start helping out every other Sunday? You can, you can, I don't know anything about it, Pastor. You can learn. You can learn what you need to do so power can flow. Hallelujah. 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 What if you hooked up as an usher? Power would flow. But I hadn't been saved very long. Who cares? Service will keep you clean. You start serving, you'll stay right. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Stop by and see Sister Michelle tonight. I'd, I'd like to start helping in the media center. Yeah, but you know, that's not very much. Oh, there's power there. There's power back there in that media center. Why? Because it's a God-ordained thing. It's a place where anointing flows. Every person that gets involved in the local church becomes a branch off the trunk of the pastor. And the same anointing flows through you that flows through that man or woman of God because you're hooked up vitally and the power's flowing through you. Man, you meditate on that and you'll never lay out of another service. Because power's available. Power's available. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Man, go back there and tell the children's ministry, I want, I want to help out. I want to volunteer. Maybe I can't do it every Sunday, but can you use me every other Sunday? I promise you they'll say yes. They'll say, yeah, we can use you. And what will happen? Power will start flowing. Power will start flowing. Why? Because the babies are coming. The harvest is coming. This is the littlest you've ever seen it. God has been preparing my wife and I for almost 30 years for what God is going to bring into this ministry. And we have sought God and we have prepared ourselves and we are ready for what God is bringing into this ministry and this fellowship. I want you ready. I want you flowing. I want you full of the power of God. I want you doing what God asked you to do. Hallelujah.